O thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, you are. I welcome you all to this show, people. This is going to be an epic episode of Bible News Radio, I guarantee it. You will want to share this out and let everybody see what's going to be on the show tonight. Yeah, you will. Mm-hmm. Especially if you want to hear the truth about stuff. People are obvious. This is You Say by Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I believe. Oh, I believe. Yeah, I do. So this is kind of like a free-for-all Friday episode of Bible News Radio. Just so you know, and I want to thank all you guys for tuning in, watching live, wherever you're at, or watching the archive. I want to thank you for that, uh, if you do that, because you know what? It means a lot to me. Yeah, it does. And also, Bareface. Yeah. And how about we say, if you're watching live, put in hashtag live, and if you're watching replay, type hashtag replay. In the chat. Oh. Hmm. Can they do that on Periscope, though? Sure. I mean, they can. If Can they? Can they chat on a replay on Periscope? Um, no, I guess not. Not sure. They can no, on Facebook. Can. On Facebook, you can. Yeah, on Facebook, you can. You can on Periscope. You're right. So if you're watching the replay on Periscope, Just you're watching the replay <laughs> and ignore me. Just forget it. You know, hey, you know what? We don't care. if you. <laughs> we do care, but. You... We do. You'll just have to show All your right. participation in All right, some well, other whatever. way. Okay. Sean. Hello. Sean and Denise. Hello. And and um I just deleted somebody referring themselves as um, let's see, faithful chick with zero followers and stuff and have a feeling I know who it is and so block. See ya. Bye bye. Okay, anyway, so I wanted to start the show out by thanking my friend Denise Velarde. 
first of all. Denise is a blessing to bear face and me, has been a big, long supporter of our show. And yesterday she blessed Randall and I with, uh, I mean, bear face, bear face and me, bear face and me, bear face, yeah, bear face and me with a special donation so that we can go out and enjoy an anniversary dinner. And also some of that money actually went to the flowers right here that Bareface, my man here of 27 long years, you know, yeah, it was 27 long years. And I heard this quote, the first hundred years are the hardest. And uh, <laughs> so pessimistic, <laughs> except no. that it's looking at a hundred years. So <laughs> well, that's optimistic that one yeah. will sort of. You know, for live a hundred years, or is that optimistic, or is that pessimistic? Okay, look, I got okay. Here's the thing. So every day I'm on this call with Legal Shield people, and yesterday uh, we were asked to share quotes, one of our favorite quotes, and I shared a quote that I love, and it's going to be in my book Pickle, Pickleball Faith, which is almost done. I got, I have that much more left to do. I'm trying to get it done by like next month for sure. But here's the thing. My quote is, the relationship is the cure, right? And the reason that's my quote is because many years ago when I was in my clinical training, and I know I've said this before with Dr. Uh, Paul Alexander, uh, Paul, at the end of all of our internship supervisory meetings, he would, he would always say, everybody just remember, the relationship is the cure. The relationship that you have with your client that is the cure to them if they work, right? So I shared that, and then somebody else, I, and I don't know who it was, but they said, one of my favorite quotes is, the first hundred years are the hardest. And so I Googled it, because I thought, I wonder who said that? Who said the first hundred years are the hardest? Uh, somebody by the name of Wilson Misner, or Meisner, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how you say that, but anyway. It's kind of a Jewish name, right? Can be. Well, well, let's just assume and wildly speculate that it is. Anyway, so the first hundred years are the hardest. So I posted that yesterday on our Facebook page uh, when we were talking about our, um, you know, our anniversary. So, yes. So, Brandel, so we went to a networking meeting. Yeah, we did because business entrepreneurs, even on the anniversary, go ahead and do that. And... You know what happened at the networking meeting? One of the people there, like, went like this. Kiss, 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 kiss. And then everybody was chanting, kiss, kiss. Yeah. So do you think we kissed in front of 20 people, people? Yeah, you're right. We did. Randall grabbed me in his arms. <laughs> I don't know which way to turn. This way? Is that right? To your left. To my left? I am at your... What? I'm on your left side. Well, I can't see that if I'm looking this yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Okay, wait. Well. All right, so on the count of three, we're going to kiss again? Sure. One. Well, how do we do this? I can't see you. Bugs. Okay, well, anyway. One, two, three. I guess we lean in, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Did we do um, it? I don't know. Okay, I don't, I don't know either. Any, whatever. Anyway. So, of course. I'm watching replay here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's no, watch the we missed. We missed. Uh, oh, darn. I'm waiting for it to catch up. I must have missed it. 
Anyway, so it doesn't matter. So anyway, after we did that and we got remarried again in front of 20 people there at our networking meeting. Afterwards, Randall was like, hey, I was going to go get you some flowers clandestinely because he likes to do that. <laughs> and he's like, but, but instead, I thought it might be fun to go and have you pick out some flowers of your of your own. And so... I was like, really? That, you know, that's so cool. So we did. We went to this really lovely little place by our church. And I picked out. And she picked out. I did. I, and I picked out these flowers. Oh, wait. I can't. You can't see them now. Wait. Hold on. Because, wait. I just have to pick them. Okay. I'm going to show you what I picked out. Because, well, because I can. It's, you know, not doesn't happen every day. So, And I don't want to get these on my computer but I didn't pick out a lot you know it's funny my pastor's wife works at this particular florist and she's like just get a whole bunch you know if it was me I'd get way more than that and I'm like I don't need that many I mean they're pretty as it is but let's see where my camera's over there so so what I primarily did was got basically a half dozen roses but all different colors so I'm trying to trying to get away from the mic there so you can see there's this purple one, or this beautiful purple one right there. That's really beautiful. And of course red, and then there's this pinky color one. And then there's some other purpley pinky colors, which I'm sure you can't hear very well. But that's okay. Let's see. Pinky, purple, some white ones, whatever you call that stuff. <laughs> and I already had one part of it actually die on me. I was like, what? Hey! How come that happened? So anyway, so the thing is, is that vase is so big because I got it. I didn't get that many flowers. So I, <laughs> so it's not filling the whole vase. So it's not like standing up and there's like, it's not in styrofoam because we, you know, we went just wrap the flowers that we didn't buy the, the vase because, you know, because did you know that if you order flowers and you get a vase that it's like 20 bucks more, something like that. Anyway, so, so Denise, thank you for helping us with that. Bareface, thank you for coming up Indeed. with a great idea. And it worked out well because if I'd mm -hmm. gone on my own, picked them out, there <laughs> I would have seen there were no tulips, and and then I brought them. You're like, what? No tulips? No. Nope. And then so, so the fact you, you that you to went order. and saw for yourself. Yes. Well, you have to order the tulips in advance because tulips don't really... This it's is not the season. It's not. No, tulips are in the spring. You plant them in the fall and they come up in the spring. Oh. Yeah, they do. Just so you know. Okay, but anyway. they're grown somewhere in the world, but they so have to be. Yeah. Well, after that, we went and we got a cinnamon roll. That was good. Mm. And a free cookie. By the way, I didn't ask you about the cookie. You know, did you... What did you think of the cookie? I liked it. It was definitely different. It was called a Tennessee cookie. Yeah. And it had um, potato chips in it. Potato chips, what, macadamia nuts, white chocolate chips, butterscotch chips or something? Something like that. We got in a, but it had potato chips in it. And a touch of Tennessee whiskey. It had whiskey in it? Yeah. Didn't even taste it. Yeah, okay. That I know of. Non-alcoholic, you know, because it was baked. Yeah. <laughs> It evaporated. Yes. Yeah. It'll evaporate at room temperature, you know, so mm. certainly in the oven it's 
I mean, the the flavor will remain, but the alcohol yes. long gone. Anyway, after that, we went up to, uh, we went to dinner at this really nice place that I go to all the time after I play pickleball. And we went, we played, um, well, we played pickleball. We didn't play pickleball at, at Sidelines. It's the name of the restaurant's called Sidelines. If you ever come to Spring Hill, you definitely got to go to Sidelines Pub and Grill. They have one of the best burgers. Everything that they have on their menu is really good. It's top-notch. The ambiance is a sports, it's a sports bar, but it's never really rowdy or anything. And it turned out... not when I've been there. Yeah, and it turned out that they, well, they have a lot of live music. Some of our friends do the live music, so that was kind of cool. But the, um, uh, last night they had, what was it? They call, it was called Pub... Pub, um, Pole. Pub Pole. <laughs> That's what we did on our anniversary. So we get there, we're like, pub poll, what's this? So what it was was um, a two-hour game of trivia. Well, so- not trivia. It's not trivia. It's, it's Well, it's a poll. Yeah, it's it's more like yeah. family food, feud. Feud, right. And uh, instead of, you know, a thousand people surveyed, it's like a bunch of people and other sports bars and pubs. <laughs> right. And- we're, we're surveyed. You know, this was the question, what are the top, you know, three answers, the top answer, et cetera. Yes. Anyway, the top three teams won a gift card to the thingy, and we came in fifth place. Yeah, we did. We were close. Uh, some of the but there were te- ten teams. So. There, there were ten teams, and here's the thing. Right in the middle. A Mediocre. Lot of the, but a lot of those teams <laughs> had actually, like, more than two people on them. Oh, yeah. Like, one of the questions, here's a question for you. Okay, so here's one of the questions. One of the questions was, uh, what would a kindergartner, a kindergarten teacher wear to work, work that a banker wouldn't? Never would. Yeah, right. that a banker never would. And we're like, hmm. And it turns out there was this couple from our church that was sitting in the booth next to us who she just happened to be a kindergarten, no, first grade, first grade teacher. <laughs> for, like four, for like 40 years. So we like um, turned around and we're like, what's the answer to this question? And she said costumes and sneakers and tennis shoes. Well, sneakers, jeans, and t-shirts. So, yeah. yeah. There's some interesting questions. Another question was, um, where would you find a, uh, what do you call it, a menu? I think it is. No. No. No, no, directory. I don't recall that question. Yeah, remember? Yeah, where would you find a a directory? Remember it was the airport? Oh, I remember. I remember. And uh, what place would you find an information booth? Okay, that's what I meant. Okay. Information booth directory. Whatever. Okay, anyways. <laughs> anyway, it was it was really good. It was great. It was it was actually great. So uh so yeah, we came in fifth place and that was awesome and we were super happy about it and and we both had dessert, but Randall didn't really care for his dessert and I actually really enjoyed my dessert. So not that you care, but you probably do. All right. Anyway, so like I said, the first hundred years are the hardest. Yeah, they are. Okay. And so because of that, uh, we actually had a, uh, I actually found this video I wanted to <laughs> share with you guys because it's a good, it, well, well, let's just share the video. I sent it out in my email today and I think, I think some of you might understand the message, but but we're going to put a twist on it, just so you know. Okay, so 
I'm going to wait for Bareface to queue up, queue up this video. And the title of the video is where did the, where did the communication go wrong? Where did it go wrong, people? That's the question. All right, stand by and make sure we got full volume here because it's usually not enough for some reason. Alright. Uh, okay. Alright, so let's help Matthew then start. Go back. Of course, if you're listening to the archive, the audio, you can't see this. So you're going to have to walk, come and watch the video. It's 15 minutes in, okay? Just get off there now. Stop it. Pause. Go and watch the video. Then you'll understand. Like, doesn't that mean F you when you do that? That's kind of what it looked like to me. It's supposed to go thank you. Oh, thank you, not F you? Okay. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> So, <clears throat> all right, so uh, here's the thing. So this here actually is very interesting because you have a bunch of children who obviously the teacher is trying to teach a lesson to, right? So the, the name of the video was, where did the communication go wrong? You know what I noticed about this bare face? Because you know, I was thinking about marriage when I saw this and, and everything. But you know what the number one thing is? That I noticed. What's that? No one asked for clarification. Well, they're not, they weren't supposed to. Well. It was no talking. No That's, talking. They could. Okay. Remember you heard really? that? No, I no didn't talking. hear that part. Okay. Well, still, this is a lesson to be learned, people. Always mm -hmm. ask for clarification. But anyway, so it was what you noticed. This is how marriage is, isn't it? <laughs> In the beginning, oh, right? <laughs> hey, we have lessons on marriage. 27 years under our belt. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a lot of years, man. We're coming up on three decades. Three or well, 30 years. I could be reading into it. You could but, be. But the dynamic that <clears throat> I got from it mm -hmm. is that as it went on, the time, you know, the time went on, so therefore there, was, there seemed to be an impatience and... Because people didn't understand, you have you even heard them say, "What? What's that? What's the second part?" Mm -hmm. And the teacher says, "No talking." Um, uh, because they were they were apprehensive, they were fearful about getting it wrong, and so, but they just kind of like made it up. 
there's like an impatience like oh it's coming to me now and and I could screw this up but whatever I'm just gonna fake it <laughs> I'm just gonna fake it and get through it fast the 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 mime <laughs> mm -hmm. the mime of riding the bike and falling off got shorter in time shorter and simpler is like it's not worth it um i'm patient i'm down the line and and there's more chance to get it wrong if i go i'm just gonna make it i'm gonna do the abbreviated version um i saw the same thing done in a much longer line mm -hmm. uh, where it was starting a motorcycle oh I you know, think with your voice, your mic may, may be too loud. Wait, I'm going to turn you down. All right. Well, it's um, really in the amber. They're saying that it's too loud. Is it okay with right. you guys? Sorry. All right. Stop yelling. Okay. What's wrong with you? Stop it. All right. So I saw a, a, another demonstration that was at mm -hmm. some sort of seminar, a much longer line where it was starting a motorcycle. And, and you know, so the guy mime getting on it and hitting the Kickstarter and you know, and, uh, and then revving the, you know, the throttle and that sounds fine on my end. And, and by the time that Just it so got, you know. and by the time that it got to, you know, I don't know, 20 some people and it was just mm -hmm. non resemblance. Yep. And so, well, you know, what's really interesting is if you read the comments on this video, did you, okay. did you actually, there's 54 comments on that video. There are still 54 comments. They are. So where did the communication go wrong? Oh, people? I see that. It mm -hmm. Pretty much what I was saying. It went wrong well, with number three because number three. of her laziness. Well, see, that person's but, judging right. inappropriately, first of all. Yeah, I don't think it's laziness. I like but, the reply from Smile, I'm a Girl. Mm -hmm. Could also be insecurity. Yes. She's probably not a lot of fun to take dancing. I think it's insecurity. I, you know... Um, that I'm probably get this wrong, and yeah. So Larissa Pearson said this proves that he say she say is never true because somewhere along the line, the message got confused. Hmm. Right. Interesting lesson for all of us, don't you think? Yeah, and that's and that's and that's bringing in the Bible part of Bible News Radio. That's a misconception about the Scripture, is that. People think, oh, we, we have nothing reliable because, you know, so-and-so said this and 50 years went by, somebody wrote it down and then... And <laughs> I then, thought that too. And then, you know, that copied and that got copied and then that, you know, and it, w it was transmitted by mouth for 100 years and then somebody wrote it down and then somebody copied that and copied that. And then it was it was in Greek, and then it got translated to French, and then German, and then do you think they and really then Peruvian? Wow, like <laughs> I like your like snarky little okay. So <laughs> anyway, so... but but that is that is not the case. It wasn't it wasn't like what we just saw. The, <laughs> so the, saying the Bible that we do not the Bible that we have was not a linear one off right. transmission like they had. It was a geometric. Yeah, and um, you know, we're going to actually go ahead, we're going to go ahead and... Uh, working from We're going to actually talk about some of that in our Daily Disciples group. But saying lie buster said, this is how the mainstream media fools us with their brand of the quote, truth, unquote. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it, people? Oh. Yeah. And then Lulu Island said, 
This is a twist on the telephone game. This proves right. that the concept is critical to understand, starting with the first person. No one took it seriously, so they all failed. Um, if they had cared, the info would have been understood and repeated successfully. This is why our world is in crisis. Learn to discern. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, interesting. The last comment. The very last one. Yeah, from Jan Peter Brugge, Brugge or whatever. Yeah. Transfer this to the Bible. I bet, probably supposed to be bet, Jesus went to the bathroom and washed his hands and now telling each other that he walked on water. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. So there's that video. Now let's show you a graphic. Okay. This graphic, I'm going to read it because I have it right here. Let's see here. I'm going to bring it up here. Wait, if I can find it. Oh, wait, there it is. So um, here it is. Here it is. Bareface is such a good producer. What can I say? So truth bomb. <laughs> I love it, Randall. You cracked me up. I didn't know what else to put I don't there. Know. <laughs> I didn't want to repeat what it says on the. Okay. So what Randall, well, Hashtag truth bomb, yeah, okay. Uh, you've been hanging out with Viggy so long. Yes, hashtag everything's truth bomb. Okay, anyway, so this says, it is what you learn after you know it all that counts. Think about that now, people. So we just looked at this video about, about where did the communication go wrong, you know, and then, you know, we discussed that briefly. And now this, this graphic says it's what you learn after you know it all that counts hmm very interesting so what do we all really know that's my question to you people what do you know about me just curious One thing you should know about me if you watch this show a lot is that I say exactly what I mean and I mean exactly what I say. I don't play games. And if somebody lies to me, that's it. If I say what I mean, I mean what I say. And that's all I'm going to say. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're going to adhere and listen to gossip, some of you, you may want to go back and read the Bible. And if you're going to believe that I cannot be contacted through social media, you may want to rethink that. You know, Wednesday night, Randall and I, we went to uh, our Legal Shield, um, what was it called? It was an open house. It was an the, open house, right. For the... A merit web provider thing. law firm. Yes, I went. I brought my cup here, right here. And uh, anyway, Heather Heather Caruso, who's one of the managing partners, she was talking about uncontested divorce and how mm -hmm. <laughs> people. Well, you actually you bring it up because you yeah. we were talking about this right before the I'm show, and I know, and this is a great point. I want you to think about it. Well, one of the things covered in member Legal Shield membership is an uncontested divorce. Why uncontested? Because, you know, when it's contested, that, you know, that usually goes to a courtroom. Right. Uh, well, 
either that or some boardroom where attorneys hash it out and it's it's never pretty i mean divorce is not good in the first place i mean there are reasons for it that's another show but anyway but uncontested divorce is part of the membership because both parties yeah we want out of this and then it can be done on paper and you know there's no uh blood sweat and tears in it and it was brought up um by one of the associates that a client was wanted to do that uncontested divorce and and said the, you know this woman had said that her you know deadbeat husband she hadn't seen him in 6 years I thought it was 20 years. Or whatever it well, is, yeah. you know. Anyway, it was a long time. Yeah. It was a long time. And so, well, of course it's uncontested. And of course the attorney said, well, right. no, it's not. That's that's an assumption. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because he's not present, we don't know it's uncontested until, until we can contact him. And he's got to sign the form that says this is uncontested. And so the assumption, well, he hasn't talked to me in 20 years or 10 years or 6 years or... Yeah. Or six minutes. <laughs> you know, of, of course it's uncontested. Well, it doesn't work that way, especially in a court of law, especially in the legal system. Mm-hmm. It's hearsay. Right. You know, if she's saying he says or he's not saying, I haven't talked to him and he's not around, so obviously it's uncontested. Well, no, it's not. We don't know until we talk to that source. And And she mentioned one of these cases that had come up, well, where... You know the the um, this woman was trying to get an uncontested divorce and making that argument. Well, you know, I haven't talked to him in months or years or whatever. Obviously, he's not interested. Of course, it's uncontested. And he said, "Well, until we can get him, you both have to sign this agreement." That well, I don't know how to well. First of all, just I, it's you know we don't know that it's uncontested. Well, he hasn't talked to me in whatever years, whatever months, and of course uncontested. Well, she said until you know we can't proceed with this, well, you know, and she said, well, I don't know how to get a hold of him, blah, right. blah. and it's like well until he signs this form, we can't proceed. She said, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> within the hour, she had contacted him, got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then as one and someone said, uh, you know, in in the audience, when associates, well, my, you know, my grandma or whatever, my aunt mm-hmm. used to say, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. That's right. And it's like, yeah, when it becomes important, you'll you'll find a way to, you know, make contact. I mean, it's always uh, this is the 21st century, people. No yeah. one. Well, unless, unless they've moved to a foreign country and fallen off the grid, you know, and changed their name and, yeah, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're part of their um, witness relocation program. But even those, those have failed at times and yep. compromised. And when there's yeah. no effort, you're never going to get any change, right? You're never going to grow. You're never going to stretch. You're never going to reconcile, are you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hmm. So there's there's different ways you can communicate through social media. You can use email. 
Well, it's not social media, though. Well, but, you know. And, and like communication. If you, like, what I mean, besides social media. Yeah, besides. You can pick up the phone and call. You have the person's number, right? Yeah. Okay. Social and media you, communication is is fraught with risks. You, you have email. Error. You actually have an email address. You can actually email, right? Yeah. So if somebody's saying that they can't get in touch with you or they're blocked or something, then... Maybe it's I don't want to get in touch. Is, or maybe it's a, because they lie and that's part of the problem that needs well, to well, be dealt with and well, they don't but, want to deal with it. Well, ultimately, it's because I don't want to. Not that I can't, but I don't want to. Or there's a pattern of lying. Well, in either case, <laughs> right, what's underlying is, is I don't want to. Exactly. Because if I wanted to, I would. Because I want to gossip instead. Yeah. Those are just reasons, just throwing them out there, just so yeah, you know. Yeah, but whatever. It, so. the, the core of it is, I don't want to. And the thing is, is you can't actually, like, succeed in marriage if you live that way. Oh, yeah. If, it's, if, if, if one will not, <laughs> two cannot. That's right. Which is why I'm so happy you're my husband. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you, after 27 years, rock it. Yeah, yeah, you do. Well, thank you. Yeah. I've learned. So... All right, so we, we got, can learn a lot from children, people. We got a bunch of. Are so you, I'm not one. I'm not a child. I know you're not. But <laughs> we're somebody's children, though. It's true. Just saying. All right, we've got some stories to cover. Yes, we do. And the first one is we have somebody named Satan Lover or something in here. Was this Satan is you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. And so yeah. So this this uh, article: Why Christian women are the most persecuted group in the world. Why do you think that is, people? Well, I have an idea, but... Uh, okay, so let's read this. This is from the Christian Broadcasting Network commentary. Christian women are the most persecuted group in the world. Yeah, they are. And I mean that, too, actually. Not just because I read this article, but it's actually true. So listen to this. It says here, The first time I heard that, that statistic, I was sitting safely at church in Washington, D.C. David Curry, the president of Open Doors USA came to speak about the plight of persecuted believers around the world. As he shared their stories, my heart was deeply grieved as I learned about how women and girls are doubly persecuted for their faith and their gender. The founder of Open Doors USA, Brother Andrew, earned the nickname God's Smuggler for his work smuggling Bibles into countries where it is illegal to own a Bible. Now, how many of you have read that book, God's Smuggler? I have read that book like two or three times Actually, I listened to it, really. Well, I have it, and I read it, and then I gave it away, and then, anyway. But I've listened to it a lot. And if you have never read that book, God Smuggler, you got to read it, because it's a great book. It, it's all about how he literally smuggled Bibles all over the place, but how God, like, did these miracles. Like, there's this one story in there where he was trying to get in somewhere, and he had a whole, like, uh, suitcase full of Bibles, I think it was. Or maybe it was a briefcase. But anyway, it was it was a, a thing. <laughs> it was a thing, all right. <laughs> You're putting a lot. Anyway. You're thinking about in the hotel room? I know. Anyway, but anyway, oh. so so he was in this line, okay. and they were, like, checking him in. It was on a train. I forgot where it was. But anyway, the bottom point, bottom line is he had... No Bibles were allowed. The guy had to check him through. And um, and anyway, it was like invisible to the, to the guard that was trying to check, do the checking. They didn't even see it. 
and he he was able to just kind of walk through <laughs> with all these Bibles because the person was completely blinded. Yeah, several like that. And I was yeah. Recalling... Have you read the book? Yeah, and I was recalling Isn't it? one. It's a great book. Yeah, I was recalling one incident where he was in a hotel room in one of these countries behind the Iron Curtain, and you know, government officials come to the room to search it, and he had his suitcase of Bibles laying out in the open, and and God opened the eyes of Brother Andrew. Uh, to see an angel, angel. <laughs> sitting on top of the suitcase. And this government official went all around the room, opening drawers, checking like that, and walked by the suitcase several times and never bothered to yeah. you know, open it or anything. And Anyway. Yeah, it's a great book if you haven't read it. So back <clears throat> to the article. Uh, anyway, so it says here, one of the most notable stories was early in his ministry where he successfully smuggled Bibles across the border into communist Romania. This small Eastern European country was my birthplace. I was born a little over a year after communism fell, but my time in Romania was brief. As I was adopted into an American family, I didn't grow up under religious persecution, but I have friends in Romania who have shared vivid stories of their time under communism and the persecution the country faced for decades. Religious persecution isn't a thing of the past. Ceasing when communism ended, Christians are heavily persecuted in many areas of the world. One in nine Christians will experience high levels of persecution and gender-specific discrimination and persecution is rampant throughout the world. The United Nations estimates that approximately 200 million girls uh, are missing from the world due to sex, selective abortions, abandonment, and intentional murder. In addition to the millions of families that are missing, women and girls are routinely, routinely rather, abused and mistreated physically and sexually. The definition of gender discrimination is simple, but the issue is complex. Um, an area of the... Okay, I think the word India is there. Yes. Okay, yeah, there's this... Yeah, over there, I don't have the ad, but here I have the ad kind of in the way. Anyway, it says, India, an area of the world that that's a particular concern is the country of India. Approximately 239,000 girls under the age of five die in India each year due to neglect, simply because they are girls. Over the past decade, 2.4 million girls have lost their chance at life, either being abandoned or murdered because their families didn't want another female. If a girl does manage to survive, Indian girls routinely receive less education, have poor nutrition, and receive uh, less medical care. Okay, wait. Yeah, medical, medical attention than boys. The plight of Indian women is heartbreaking. One-third of women are illiterate. There are no laws preventing spousal rape. Young women become child brides, and sex-selective abortion and female infanticide are common practices. And it's so true. An Indian woman interviewed for a documentary titled It's a Girl tells how she murdered eight of her children because they were born female. After she gave birth, she tells about how she'd strangle her daughters after they were born. Many families feel like they have no choice but to kill their daughters. In their minds, they justify quickly killing the child instead of allowing her to grow up in extreme poverty or having to come up with the money for a dowry. Another horrible practice in India is dowry deaths. A dowry death is the murder or suicide of a married woman because of a dispute over her. Last year, an estimated 87,000 
women were killed in dowry deaths around the world, and 50,000 of these women were killed by their spouse or family members. Women commit suicide or are murdered by their husbands or in-laws not for meeting dowry demands. In India, it's also more difficult for ugly and handicapped girls to get married, and that's in quotes, because the groom's family would demand larger dowries. This practice is technically illegal in India, but is rarely prosecuted. Dowry deaths make the home one of the most dangerous places for women to be in the world. China, the country with the most notable population of girls missing is China. The two most populous nations on earth, India and China, eliminate more girls each year than the number of girls that are born in the United States. Prospective parents prefer sons above daughters, and Chinese girls are routinely uh, routine, routinely rather aborted, abandoned, or end up in orphanages. In 1979, the Chinese government instituted the one-child policy. Under that restrictive policy, families that had more than one child were at risk of having their wages reduced or losing social services. You know, it's really sad, too, is that China now is reaping the whirlwind of that sin in their country. Um, they are, yeah. Anyway, in parts of the world, particularly in China and India, some of the deadliest words are, it's a girl. Sex selective abortion affects girls disproportionately in many places. It's legal to abort a child if they happen to be the unfavorable gender of female. The term gender side describes this practice. In China, the men outnumber the women by 33 million. And in India, a girl is aborted every minute. Other forms of gender persecution. Another form of gender persecution is female genital mutilation, which nobody talks about really, except in select circles, which is removal of some or all of the female genitalia for non-medical reasons. The humiliating procedure is most often performed on girls between birth and 15 years old. It's estimated that more than 200 million girls and women have been subject to this cruel process. The traumatic event, often including being physically restrained while the procedure takes place, will emotionally affect women for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah, because they don't actually use stuff to help, like, with pain. I mean, you know, I pray, I really do pray that the people that do these wicked, evil things repent. Because if they don't, they'll end up in a very, 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 very bad place. And hopefully they'll repent. But if they don't, they will end up in hell. Okay. And, um, uh, what do you know? I just passed my 8,500 steps people. Yeah, I did just by moving my arm. Anyway, <laughs> this Fitbit cracks me up. <sighs> yeah. It's just, you know, there, there, there is a special place in hell. Let's put it that way for this, for these people. Any, anyway, an issue that's received attention over the past few years is the issue of human trafficking. According to the International Labor Organization, there are an estimated 40.3 million victims of human trafficking globally. Um, and 75% are women and girls. The issues highlighted so far are just a few of dozens of examples where women and girls are discriminated against and persecuted just because of their gender. And then this article goes on to talk about Christian women and persecution. Let's zoom in a little further and talk about the plight that Christian women face around the world. Women are already discriminated against because they're women. But when they are found to be Christians, 
the suffering and persecution against them increases. Christian women are doubly persecuted. Christian persecution is growing globally. In 2019, an estimated 245 million Christians will experience high levels of persecution because of their faith. This is a 14% increase from last year. Okay. One of the trends from the Open Doors USA annual World Watch List report is that women are an increasing target. It's important that we recognize how vulnerable our sisters are around the world, especially in parts of the world where women already face such strong gender discrimination. In Nigeria, the terrorist group Boko Haram captured a 15-year-old woman, woman, killed her father, and then repeatedly raped her because she refused to renounce her faith. Sadly, her story is common in countries with high levels of persecution. And I have to also tell you that that's coming to America, people. People don't want to talk about it, but Islam and some of these other, um, well, actually some of the other stories we pulled don't really have to do with Islam, but <clears throat> there are numerous different sects of Islam, sect, S-E-C-T, of Islam. And what I will say is that if you're a woman who happens to be a follower of Islam, if I were you, I would leave. I would get the hell out of Islam and I would go someplace else because Islam oppresses women, um, especially under Sharia law. You know, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be a religion where the husband could beat the crap out of me and rape me whenever the hell he wants. Just saying, you know, and I will say that, um, that often when these Christians um, are being persecuted uh, in other countries, what they will often do is take that woman and they'll rape her in front of the husband, the father, the son. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I suspect that if somebody did that to me in front of Randall, Randall would just, and he couldn't, let's say he couldn't do anything. I, that would be the utmost torture, I think, for any man who loves his woman, right? I mean, let alone a daughter, you know, watch the, having the father watch the daughter, assuming it's a normal father and not, not a, some creepy pedophile rapist father. <clears throat> anyway, the Bible on gender discrimination is Christians. We uphold the truth that all people are created in the image of God, both male and female. Scripture is clear that women, that men and women should be treated with the same levels of dignity and respect. Nowhere in the Bible do we see that one sex is superior to the other. Instead, we see our Savior upholding the dignity of women during his ministry on earth. Amen. Which is so true. And I'm going to tell you something. The, the liberal feminists out there who like to, like to mock the Bible and, well, yeah, you Christian men want your women to be barefoot pregnant and to submit to them, right? I'll tell you what, you guys. I submit to my husband. Yeah, I do. In fact, a couple of days ago, I'm not going to say what the topic is, but a couple of days ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, you know, this is really an issue of submission. You know, Randall's been telling me this thing for a number of years and I haven't listened to him really. But Randall's never said to me, submit woman, you need to submit, listen to my words, do exactly what I say. Because <laughs> that's, that's not the type of man that he is. Although, I mean, he has put the foot down. I mean, hey, it's me. You know, he, he's had to do that a couple times. But, you know, I will say that, you know, that I came to him after praying about the issue. And I, I went to him. I said, you know what? I, I said, you know, I was talking to somebody about this issue. And 
you keep saying this, somebody else said this, you know, the Bible says that there's, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And just so you guys know, I never do things lightly, especially making big decisions. I usually, I always get other people's counsel that I trust who know me. And I have to say, I went to Randall and I said, you know, this issue is kind of, it really is a biblically submission issue for me. And so I just wanted to let you know that in this particular case, I am reframing this as me now submitting to your counsel. <laughs> I mean, Randall didn't even say this. I did it. I'm like, hey, I'm now submitting to you because this is, you're my head. You're my husband. You're my covering. And you know better than me because, well, well, you're not emotional, you know, but you know no. what I mean? What was that no. like for you? Actually, see, it's 27 years of marriage no. now. What was it like for, for you to have me come to you with that reframe about that particular issue? You well, know, it was, the issues, yeah, but. yeah, it was, it was encouraging. Not because, oh yeah, because I'm so great. No, because it's, it's like, this is, this is good. There's uh, not that I prefer to be, you know, have the responsibility of that leadership, but it's it's good, you know. I rejoice from a biblical point of view, and for all those naysayers out there that maybe think, "Oh, you, uh, it's patriarchal," you know, um, servitude or whatever going on. I mean, some of you have a job. A lot of you have a job. I... Is there a supervisor? Is there a manager? Is there a boss? You know what? What kind of slavery is that? You know, the, there are structures put in place so that the enterprise runs. You know, there's there's a there's a chain of command, if you will. There's a, those who have a responsibility of overseers. Some screw that up. You know, a lot screwed there, up. A lot screwed well, up. There there are yeah. mean bosses and egocentric. You know, right? Egotistical. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't discount the the idea of having structure and leadership mm -hmm. i mean we'll we'll get we'll get into a line you know for the box office or the grocery store you know we have some order why do why do we have to why don't we just throw that all up why don't we just but everybody just rush the you know cashier and just push each out of the way and you know every other place in our lives we see the benefit of order um having some sort of structure and and the scripture provides uh in an order of structure for for the for the assembly for the church mm -hmm. you know for the home uh from from parents to children husband to wife all this uh you know and so that there is not a free for all it's not an anarchy right and well and for me what it it's and with that is a responsibility yeah there are there are husbands that are jerks and egotists and and give marriage and men a bad name but if you follow the bib you know follow biblically you know ephesians chapter 5 husbands love your wives you know cherish you know um as you know as your own flesh you know washing the water you know by the word and etc um i'm gonna quote every single verse but it's all about an honoring and a respecting and a and, well, uh, and it's it's about, at least for me, it was you're trying to protect me. 
Yes, exactly. You know, you're and that's trying, the re- trying to protect me from getting hurt. And that's the that's the husband's responsibility. Right. It's a, and because, it's, and it's a responsibility right. of parents to the children. Because you know, having watched these two oh. unfolding situations, oh. you know mm. what I give. Right. And you're like, okay, that's enough. You can't, you, you got to stop it. Oh. And I'm like, you know, I don't really want to, but mm-hmm. you're right, you know, because mm-hmm. some of us care too much. Some of us actually um, give to our own detriment uh, in order to try to bless other people, even though you might not think that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and I prayed about it. It's like, yeah, you know, this is an issue. So, but anyway, let me finish this article. I think it's almost done. Let's see here. All right, so this article goes on to say, uh, women in ancient culture were vulnerable and mistreated. In a patriarchal society, the prayers of Jewish men included a prayer of thanksgiving. Yeah, you gotta love this, people. It's still, it's alive and well today. I know. Well, Ultra-Orthodox. Praise be God that he has not created me a woman. Some Jewish writers taught that women should never leave the home except to go to the synagogue. Jesus's treatment of women was countercultural. Mm-hmm. And one of the most remarkable stories in the Gospels, we see Jesus tenderly interact with the woman at the well. Not only was he speaking with a woman in public, she was also a Samaritan. Cultural protocol dictated that Samaritans and Jews didn't interact, much less a Jewish man interacting with a Samaritan woman. Scripture doesn't name the woman, but it doesn't have to because Jesus did something more important. The Samaritan woman came to the well in the middle of the day when she thought no one would notice her drawing water. She was an outcast of society, shamed for her promiscuous behavior, yet in her conversation with Jesus, he treats her with kindness and interacts with her honestly. He doesn't shy away from addressing her sin, but offers her living water. And if you know that story, people also reveals to her, a woman, the first time ever that he was the Messiah, who then went... And was an evangelist for him. So what can we do? So how can we follow Jesus's lead? Pray. Our first and most important action should be to pray for our persecuted sisters across the world. Our prayers deeply matter and we can be a part of actively advocating for our sisters around the world through our prayers. Pray, pray that persecution against women and girls would cease. Pray that the Lord would change the hearts of those doing the persecuting Pray for the healing of the girls and women who have experienced discrimination. Pray that cultures would begin to value women. And if you think about it, most of the stuff we talk about on this show, it actually is all about devaluing women. Right, Tommy? (laughs) Uh, Christians should help reimagine a world where it would be unthinkable that any woman is persecuted because of her sex. We should help raise awareness on this issue and speak on behalf of our sisters around the world. A practical step is to prayerfully consider whether the Lord is leading your family to adopt. There are thousands of girls that are eligible for adoption in countries such as India and China. If your family isn't called to adopt, perhaps you can help financially support another family who is called to adopt. The statistics in this article are hard to comprehend and uh, heartbreaking, but may they propel us to our knees and into action for our vulnerable sisters around the world and then chelsea patterson sobolik sobolik serves as policy director in the washington dc office of ethics and religious liberty commission of the southern baptist convention so have i had her on my show i think i have 
It must have been a long time ago. That name rings a bell to me. Anyway, so here's the, um, you know, I would encourage you to check out this article. I will tweet it out on my Twitter. That way, if you want it, you can see it. And I think, I think I, I think I posted it in my Facebook group too, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah. And by the way, yeah, hi just... everybody on YouTube. I see you all there. Appreciate you guys coming in. Um, so I see Forrest and Jeff and uh, Jeannie and Barb is there. Denise is there. Um, yeah, see, Denise says uh, uh, submission gets a bad rap. It is order of authority. Even Jesus submitted to his father when we say, when we stay with what God says, things go so well. <laughs> Yes, and that's difficult. And Gina and Tommy and Danielle and um, Jennifer was in there a minute ago. Uh, Periscope World Traveler. All right. Hello, people. And I know there's others of you watching. Hello to all you people. People. Because you're people. Yeah, you are. Okay, anyway. Um, so, yeah. All right, so... You know, I wanted to... Let's do the Jerry thing that I sent. Okay. I don't know how many of you guys know Jerry Herb. Um, she is a friend of ours on Facebook, and um, she's been a viewer of our show for a while. Um, she sent me a uh, GoFundMe um, page, and we're going to go ahead and put this up. In case you guys don't know about this need. She didn't actually ask me to do this. She just sent me this so I would donate. But <laughs> my my finances aren't that good. <laughs> but anyway, so this is... Um, Jerry is in the picture. And uh, Jessica Herb, I guess, is her daughter. And it's titled, Disabled Vietnam War Vet in Need of Financial Help. So this you guys can read this, but um, it's kind of lengthy. But I will read some of it. Um, it says here, these are my parents, Tom and Jerry Erb. On Thanksgiving of 2018, my mom and my sister found my dad unresponsive sitting in the dining room in the middle of the night. After being rushed to the hospital, it was discovered that my dad was in acute renal failure. After that, things just spiraled out of control. He had previously broken his hip as a result of a fall and during surgery developed a blood clot in his left leg that required another surgery, femoral I don't know how to say that, but anyway, the doctors had been following that leg since as he never really obtained full circulation back after the bypass surgery. Anyway, you can go on, you can read it all. Anyway, bottom line is they're looking for money um, to add, well, I guess medical expenses are the issue. So if you, you know, if you have any money you want to donate to them, it looks like they're looking for about 10,000 bucks, um, you know. I don't have an actual direct URL, but if you go to GoFundMe and just search disabled Vietnam war vet in need of financial help, um, you know. Or take a screenshot of the Yeah, or you just screenshot URL. it on wherever you're at. Um, you know, as God leads, you can, you can do that. God led me to share it with you, so that's what I'm doing. Um, okay. Also, if you want to uh, donate to us, um, Denise actually used my ghost, what was it? Go send, give, give, send, go, give, send, go page over there. Thank you, by the way, Denise, for using that. 
When you use Give, Send, Go, you're not using GoFundMe, which discriminates about against Christians and stuff. So, you know, we, we are looking for help. You know, if you want to donate to us, uh, you know us. There's the... There's the thing. <laughs> Just give as you leave. Give as God tells you to do. Okay? I'm not going to beg you or plead or anything. Uh, I'm not that way. But you can give there. Or you can go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. You can give there. And all of you that do and have, we totally appreciate it. And thank you for that um, for that gift. I mean, it means a lot to us. And, and it helps us more than you know. Ariel Ministries also is our sponsor, at least through the end of the year. Uh, Ariel is um, a Messianic Jewish teaching ministry. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum founded it I, over 40 years ago. And I have to tell you, it's great Bible teaching. If you really want to be discipled, get some of their good stuff there, okay? You can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News, which is super awesome. Yeah, it is. Bible News, people. <laughs> uh, also... I have a goal this month with uh, Ladies of Justice. I just happened to get this brand new Ladies of Justice uh, cup here. I guess it's a tumbler. Super cool. It has my name on it. Isn't that neat? One of my new friends made that for me. Uh, and anyway, so you guys know I sell Legal Shield. I believe in this product. And now that I've gone to the Merit Web uh, attorney provider law firm open house the other night, um, I actually got to meet the people locally, and there's really not that many of us here locally. Um, uh, but sitting through uh, almost a 90-minute presentation uh, at that provider law firm, talking, you know, with the with the um, one of the what do you call it attorneys? What is she a founding partner? I guess that's what. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Listening to her and listening to how um, Legal Shield picks their attorneys, uh, all that. So here's here's something you need to know. Uh, number one, if you sign up with Legal Shield, you're going to get unlimited calls, letters written on your behalf, phone consultations, all for twenty five bucks a month, and that covers your whole family. Okay, um, and yes, I want you to have this. One of the things that Heather was talking about. Because you also get contract review. Uh, up to 15 pages, you get that free. One of the things that she said was really blew me away. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is like so smart. She said that so many people will contact the law firm after they sign a contract in order to get out of it. She said it would be so much easier if people actually took the time to review the contract first before they signed it. And, you know... Anyway, and so she she talked about that. Have it reviewed. Yeah, have it reviewed. Um, but it takes time to do that. But at the same time, yeah. our service makes it really easy. And if and if whatever party you're dealing with, if you say, "Well, I'd like to have this reviewed by my attorney," mm-hmm. oh, well, you don't have time for that, and they try to pressure you to sign it. Well, it's probably not in your favor. Right. Just saying. Well, and, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine today and, you know, he was saying that a lot of people like to plead stupid, like ignorance about like the tax law or whatever. And, you know, if you go before a judge, they, they were not going to go, oh, I'm so sorry you didn't know the law. <laughs> whatever, you know. Um, but I will say this. I will say one of the other things that we learned is, you know, with Legal Shield, there's a 90-day waiting period for uncontested divorce, 
adoption, name change, and I think a couple other things. And what I really want to hammer home to some of you is that if you've if you know people who who are in this situation, they're trying to get a divorce or they have adopted somebody or they need a name change because they got married or something. Um, there is a 90 day waiting period, but here's the thing. Our service, just as an example, um, what it does is like, let's say for the divorce, the uncontested divorce, let's say somebody comes to me in, in Tennessee and they're, they, they want a uncontested divorce. They got to wait 90 days. The paperwork is filed. Legal shield, will file the paperwork, okay? And there's fees to do that, okay? That's not free. Those filing fees need to be paid. What it's is It's not the attorney's fees. What what is free or what I was going to say is yeah. the attorney's fees. Now, I don't know about you, but in California, the average attorney gets they charge like 400 bucks an hour. Um Nationwide, it's probably 350 It depends on the state that you're in. It also depends on how long the person's been an attorney and what area of law they actually practice, okay? For Merit Webb, my attorney provider law firm, anybody in Tennessee that signs up, this is the law firm that you get. Um, the average attorney's been there between 14 and 20 years. So that's that's not a, you know, that's that's somebody who's been doing the, the work for a while. Uh, in order to be a legal shield attorney, you have to be a, an attorney at least two years with no, with, with a completely clean record. You can't have any strikes on your record, ethics-wise. We legal shield attorneys are also held to a higher standard because they they have all these things that they have to do. Um, the law firms are kind of like you know. I had one friend, uh, and I'm just saying this because just so you guys know. I had one friend say, well, I don't want an, an attorney with you because the, the lawyers are too cheap. I don't want a cheap attorney. They're stupid. And I'm like, uh, I don't know where you're getting that idea. Do you know that every month Legal Shield pays these law firms huge amounts of money? Okay. It's and the way and I asked them, I said, well, how do I how do I actually explain to somebody with that mindset that they're not getting a cheapy attorney? <laughs> And the way that they explained it, I thought was really good. They said, do, does your doctor, do you belong to an HMO? It's basically the same idea, right? So the attorneys are top notch. And um, anyway, so I have a goal this month uh, to sign up two more people with a membership because it will help me, number one, uh, meet, actually meet my goals but also, um, you know, I'm sponsoring this event with Camp Horizon. And what Camp Horizon is, is a local camp here in Tennessee that has, um, that it's a camp for children with cancer and their siblings. And, um, you know, and I, and I just, you know, I started to cry when I heard about it because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, the kids with cancer, everybody pays attention to them for obvious reason. But the siblings often get left out. And the fact that this camp, they do a camp for the siblings as well, you know, that just moved me. Because as a, as a therapist, I worked with kids that were often overlooked because, they, you know, they had a, child, uh, a sibling that was disabled or, you know, something. And they deal with something, so often deal with something akin to survivor's guilt, right? Yeah. Because it's like, well, why didn't I? And they're overlooked. Why am I not sick? Or, you know, and. And they act out. Yeah. Those kids act out yeah. 
I had a lot of kids I worked with in the school in California that acted out because they had a sick sibling, um, you know, who got all the attention, you know, I mean, so anyway, Camp Horizon, um, I am sponsoring that and I'm, you know, I'd like to be able to win a gift card, have the opportunity to win a gift card, um, that I would be able to give back. It's a $250 gift card, but I need a couple more sales before I can do that. So, <laughs> so it's not, it's not a completely selfish thing on my, it's selfish because I want to give more to this camp. Um, next week is the tournament. It's a cornhole tournament. And unless you're local, you can't participate in it. But, um, but if you want to help out with that, if it's something, uh, with legal shield you haven't been thinking about i mean you've been thinking about it you, but you haven't signed up yet if you need a will it's a great way to get your will done um it's a month to month membership you can sign up for one month and then cancel it if you'd like i wouldn't recommend that but you can um so that we can help more of these kids okay so that's it so you know how to get in touch with me if you want to talk more about that also identity theft protection um is very very rampant hey oddbar um you know, if you don't have your identity theft protected, your your if you don't have your identity, well, let me put it this way: if you don't have your stuff monitored, you really should get it monitored. This this week, I will tell you what happened to me here in Spring Hill, and I actually even posted this article on my Facebook page. But this week, when this was supposed to be delivered to me, it didn't show up. I got delivered, and Randall and I went out. We couldn't find it anywhere. So all my neighbors are friends of mine on Facebook, so I sent them all private messages. I said, hey, did any of you guys get my package I was waiting for? And they're like, nope, and I'm waiting for this. One of them said, I'm waiting for a debit card. I don't think it's going to show up. Another person said uh, they got an Amazon package that was opened and emptied. Um, anyway, long story short, mine came the next day after I filed a report, but it also turns out in my neighborhood, apparently, somebody's been stealing mail. So, so, you know, I'm like, dang, you know, right here in little dinky Spring Hill, criminals have come, you know, so you should just get your stuff monitored either way. Okay. If you don't want to do it with me, you can do it with somebody else, but I prefer you do it with me because I am your sweet and lovable host after all. And by the way, all the info is down there down there and our Amazon store too. If you haven't checked out that store, you should go there, check it out, do some shopping, <laughs> however you want. Okay. All right. We got, we still have a couple of stories left. Um, More than a couple. I know. Okay. So the father of Utah. Um, We're going there. Yeah. I figure the other stories are actually, we may as well get, you know, hit those tomorrow since they're all the same topic. Um, but anyway, okay, so did you guys hear about this? Elizabeth Smart's dad came out as gay. Did you guys see this story today? Um, yeah. Well, anyway, so father of Utah kidnapping survivor Elizabeth Smart comes out as gay. I just, when I saw this, I was so sad. It says here, the father of kidnapping survivor Elizabeth Smart has come out as gay, describing the decision as a huge relief. In a letter shared on his Facebook page Friday, Ed Smart, who is 64, said he no longer feels comfortable being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Which is good. <laughs> yeah. Which Except that. Which opposes gay marriage and same-sex relationships, but preaches love and compassion for LGBTQ people. Smart told 
Salt Lake City's KUTV that he struggled with this for most of his life. Uh, I have mostly watched in silence for years as many LGBTQ individuals both in and out of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have been victims of ridicule, shunning, rejection, and outright humiliation. Smart wrote. He added, I didn't want to face the feelings I fought so hard to suppress and didn't want to reach out and tell those being ostracized that I too am numbered among them, but I cannot do that any longer. The Smart family gained national prominence in June 2002 when Ed went before TV cameras to plead for help finding his 14-year-old daughter Elizabeth, who had been kidnapped from the family's Salt Lake City home. Elizabeth Smart was found alive nine months later. Smart and his daughter have since become advocates for other kidnapped children. Smart said he's sorry for the pain caused to his longtime wife, with whom he has five children. He filed for divorce on July 5th. Utah court records show. You know, I love my family and always will, Smart wrote. Lois has been a loyal wife and extraordinary mother who has had to endure an impossible part of this journey. I deeply regret that excruciating pain that has caused her. But not enough to... Right. Elizabeth Smart, now a 31-year-old mother of three, said she's deeply saddened by her parents' separation, but that nothing could change her love for them. My parents taught me as a young child that they would love me unconditionally no matter what happened, she said, without referencing her father's orientation. Their decisions are very personal. As such, I will not pass judgment and rather am focusing on loving and supporting them and the other members of my family. Ed Smart first came out to family and friends via Facebook Messenger. The Desiree News in Salt Lake City first reported about the post. He said in his statement Friday that he's grateful for the love and support he has received so far. It was, as I've said, incredibly hard getting to this point, and I feel for so many that are struggling in my situation, trying to make the decision of whether to come out or remain closeted the rest of their life, he wrote. That decision is deeply personal, but liberating. So, yeah. It's a... um. Yeah. Call me cynical. Go ahead, cynical butt. No, I, didn't say you, but. you, I know you didn't. <laughs> you call me cynical. Cynical. Hey, uh, Mr. Cynical. I wonder if... Mr. Handsome, hunky husband that you are. I wonder if this is just a need to be in the spotlight again. You know, people have pretty much forgotten about his daughter and her kidnapping all as well. You know, there was. A, I'm amazed at her recovery, to be honest. Yeah, there was national media attention uh, to that case, and and kind of fell out. It's probably while. international, actually. Yeah, and and when she was found, you know, uh, and rescued again, big spike media coverage, and so I'm thinking. Perhaps that this is another way, you know, he's missing that attention. And so this is in a way to get back into the, back into the limelight. Well, I will say, um, you know. How dare I say something about something so personal. Bob, Barb said they could do what they want and shut up. Radical thought. Eh. It is the flaunting that's so offensive. I'm pretty sure you're referring to that. You know what I think? I think a different, I mean, I think 
I think a couple of things. Um, how do I say this? I think that um, narcissistic abuse and narcissism is pretty rampant today. And I think it's pretty obvious in the homosexual community because, I mean, think about it, people. If you even know about, you know, the, the tale of narcissist, looking at himself in the water. Narcissus. Yeah, okay. And they fell in love with their own reflection. If you think about it, homosexuality in particular is just that. You're, look, you're looking at your own self, really. Um, so there's that distortion in the thinking. But what really bothers me, and this bothers me personally as well on so many levels, um, is that when, when a victim speaks up, now let's just bring this just out for a second. Suppose this had been Ed Smart's wife, Lois, who came out to the media and talked about how she is heartbreaking, broken, devastated, crushed beyond words, that her husband has now betrayed her and demolished their marital relationship. How the heck do you think the media would respond to her? Wait, I'll tell you, they ignore or blame it's your fault. She would be doubly victimized. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just like how if you're trying to clarify a point in a conversation and get clarity and you're constantly being told, you know, this isn't, well, I'm done, I've done the best I can. You know, well, okay, I'm seeking to understand. But if you are not mature enough to explain yourself, don't get mad at me if, if I shut the door. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like... What do you want? It's that time. It's the time for the cat to interrupt the show. Actually, you, yeah, know, you know what I've discovered? What have you discovered? He's a he cute. He is. Mostly. Yeah, you are. What I have discovered is this cat loves to be combed. I don't know why I just discovered this. I've had him for 10 years. But I my, my, my aunt sent me my grandmother's brush and comb. I know. That's weird, isn't it? I'm not using it on my hair, but I thought, you know, I hope that she's not washing. My aunt. But she's a cat lover, so she may still be cool. Well, anyway, it. so I started using this comb. It's a plastic comb on Gideon, and now Gideon's like all over me constantly. <laughs> you should see how much he loves this comb. It's hilarious. <laughs> Grover, on the other hand, he's like, Mom, do you have to comb my beard again today? I'm like, yeah, I do. You have to look spiffy, mister. <laughs> but um, but anyway, back to the point. The point here is that that if somebody is going to um, act like a victim, it seems like our society gives them like, oh, poor, poor me. You're a victim. But, you know, if somebody who who's actually not acting like a victim and trying to point out the truth that some people get hurt, you know, and like, hey, my feelings matter too. If you stand up for your own feelings and then set a boundary, people get ticked off at you for it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, I went through this as a child when I, when I exposed my perpetrator, you know, all my mom cared about was her feelings and having her butt covered, you know, and I'm like, I'm uh, sorry, but my feelings... How dare you rock the boat yeah. and upset the status quo. And one, and one thing I can tell you, and I will tell you honestly, because I don't lie to you at all, is that if my feelings are hurt, 
I'm going to talk to you about it. And if you don't want, if you want to be avoidant with it, then I will pursue it for a while. And then after that, that's it. You're gone. You know, because my feelings are my feelings and I have a right to my feelings, just like you have a right to your feelings. And I am so sick and tired of people, you know, especially in the church, acting all spiritual and stuff, but not dealing with their own crap. You know, I've dealt with my crap, just so you know. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, too, because I can sniff unhealthy people a mile, not even a mile, well, pretty much a mile away. Within five minutes talking to somebody, I can tell you if they've done their work. They haven't, most of them, which is why we need more healthy people in the therapy world, you know, which is why I can recommend my friend, Dr. Jennifer Fee. <laughs> if you need a good psychologist, go to see her. She's actually... This is an unpaid endorsement. It is, but Jennifer is brilliant. Um, she is a smart, smart woman. She has done her work. She knows her stuff. She deals with trauma. She's excellent at what she does. And anybody would be a fool not to have her as a therapist. If you can, if you can, if you're in her area in California, if you need a therapist, you live in California, check her out. Yeah, not to discount that, I totally agree. But since we've got ten minutes left, the the story about the Illinois governor is short. Okay. And it kind of hinges on what we just looked at with that smart. Okay. Do you want to do we've it? Been talking about. Um, you want to read it? You want me to read it? Um, why don't you read it? Okay, I shall now readeth the story and smitteth untoeth my husband of 27 mm -hmm. years, people, modeling for you a um, wife of godliness. Hopefully you thought that was funny, people. Did you think that was funny, Bareface? Somewhat, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, so it says here, Illinois governor signs bill mandating LGBT history curriculum in all public schools. I actually had two people send me this this week. So Illinois has passed a law requiring LGBT history to be taught in all public schools. Yeah, they have. Governor J.B. Pritzker signed House Bill 247. Is that really the guy's 246. name? 246. <laughs> Sorry. On August 9th, with the objective of encouraging a more diverse history curriculum, HB 246 said the provisions are in the public interest for the public benefit and to serve secular public purposes. I'm, public benefit? I, I just want to say something here. I'm just being, being honest. I'm trying not to say the word pubic when I read public, but pubic has gone through my mind. Why? I don't know. But mm. just so you know... I just had to confess that because... That's too much honesty. I just, well... <laughs> just saying. It's... My eyes are glazing over. I forgot to put my eye drops in before the show. And so, like, my eyes are tired. So, that's what I'm... Just so you know. Just so, you know, in the event I say that word... Maybe I should do I didn't story. mean to say that word. But I'm just saying that... If I happen to say it, then you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right. Goes going on here. This affects all schools stipulating. Stipulating. They include the role and contributions of lesbian. Yeah, now that I said it right. <laughs> uh, sandwich influence I have over you. You are now going to think of that word, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Now we're going to reverse that for you, just so you know. You are now free from that word. 
public. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> Tommy's saying you're mortified, Randall. Anyway, okay, back to the story. Okay, this affects all schools, stipulating they include the role and contributions of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in official textbooks. It also includes a section that allows the state education department to implement rules as necessary for the law to be enacted, and quote, to ensure the religious neutrality of the textbook block grant program. Governor Pritzker said the LGBTQ community won't just have a seat at the table. They will be equal partners in the fight to make equality a lived, a lived reality for all. Okay. New Jersey, California, and Colorado have also embraced the new LGBT school curriculum. Well, of course they have. Those disapproving of the new course outlined expressed their opposition on Twitter. Sam Coyle, Mr. Evildoer, says here, Public schools teach perversion. There was a time when teachers had Bibles on their desks and we could promote Christian values. Time to quit being silent and take action. Parents should be marching and protesting. I was just kidding about him being an evildoer, okay, just so you know. Broadside News said T TBH. I don't know what that means. TBH. The following paragraph is equally disturbing. The role of labor unions in their interaction with government and achieving the goals of a mixed free enterprise system. Okay. And then highlighted below, it says, shall include a study of the roles and contributions of lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people in the history. Okay. Of this country and state. Of this yeah. country and state. But you know the problem is, is they won't they won't do it right. They will do it wrong. Okay. Wand TV news. It'll be <laughs> W A N D Wand. Illinois Wand LGBTQ history will be a requirement for public schools. See, I said it. Yeah, I did. In Illinois to teach after Governor J B Pritzker signed a ball. A bill into law. <laughs> he signed a basketball at a game. I'm just kidding. Um, Nick Webster said, God forbids kids learn how to balance a checkbook or be a contributing member of society. That time is now taken up by people who are confused as to their sex. Makes sense. Thumbs down. Yeah, it is. And by the way, all of you guys who go use the emoji that looks like this, just... The high five emoji? Yeah. Just so you know, everybody always... Like, this is... People use this as thanking God or prayer. or prayer, but it's actually a high five emoji. In case you didn't know that, <laughs> hey, high five! What are you high fiving me for? Oh, I meant pray. I, they should do a praying emoji like this, you know. Whatever. Anyway, the law goes into effect next July, and there's only seventy five comments on this one. Yeah, there is. I'm not gonna read them. But, uh, yeah, there you go, people. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm getting congested. You know why? I mean, it's the flowers. So I went and saw my dad today. I know you care about that because you love my dad as much as I do. Well, maybe not. But you love him a little bit because you always ask about him. Well, I'll let you know. I showed up and he was sitting in the chair like this. So I went up and I kicked his chair a couple times. I was like, hey, old geezer. And I kicked his chair because that's the kind of daughter I am. 
just so you know. <laughs> and, uh, and he is doing great. He's actually doing pretty well. Also, people, I know some of you have asked how my feet are because you care. And I want to let you know that I went to the foot doctor this week. And number one, God bless me because I didn't have to pay for the appointment, which is super cool. And number two, I got released to play pickleball again. Yeah, I did. Which means I played pickleball today. Yep. Played good. My feet my feet are doing good even after playing today. And uh, so just want to say thanks to everybody uh, who cares about my feet. And, you know, when, when you haven't been able to play your favorite game for like over a month, uh, you know, Randall has watched me go through withdrawal and, uh, and endure weightlifting, which is, you know, a heavy subject. That was a joke, people. By the way, Gina, thank you for the hearts. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I do. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed today's show. Yeah, I do. If you have any questions about anything, feel free to contact me directly. You know where to get me. You have my email. You can get it through BibleNewsRadio.com. You can send a message through there. You can call my phone because I put my phone number on my website. Number two, you can text me if you want. Just tell me who you are because if you don't tell me who you are, I'm not going to text you back. Number three, you can join my text message list by texting Bible News to 33222. Unless, of course, I banned you, then I'll remove you just so you know. <laughs> You've been warned. If you want to join Team Unstuck, <laughs> uh, you can do that. You can you can actually text Team Unstuck to 33222 as well. I won't block you. <laughs> Unless you're mean, then I will. You've been warned. Um, uh, but anyway, the coaching call, that is for people who really want to be unstuck. If you're, if you decide to join and you're not going to participate, I'm going to unsubscribe you just so you know, <laughs> I am a, a little bit of a type A Nazi. I don't want people cause you know why here, I'll tell you why, because I'm doing this for free. Okay. I'm giving you my time and my, my mad skills as, as helping you and helping you. Okay. And so if you're not going to, if you're going to take for granted what I'm giving, I'm, I don't want you to take it. I want you to stop wasting my time because text messages cost me money and I don't want to be wasting them on you if you're not going to be using and actually doing the work. You know, it's to me, it's stupid. It's like, why give somebody a gift if all they're going to do is throw it back at you or they're going to step on it and crush it? It's like, you know what? Forget that. You're an idiot. I will never get you a gift again if you do that. Just so you know. Oh, it says it's time for me to get ready for bed. <laughs> probably is. Yeah, that, see, look at that. It's warned me. Uh, anyway, so you can get in touch with me that way. Mark your calendar for August 31st, 8 p.m. Central. I'm having Darren Mel and his wife on the show, and they're going to be sharing their testimony um, about how Darren came out of homosexuality and Rhonda, his wife, or Rhoda, I always get it mixed up. I think it's Rhoda. Is it Rhonda? Or... Well, anyway, it starts with an R. I'll have to double check. Sorry, my bad. Anyway, they're going to be on my show on the 31st of August. So mark your calendar for that. It's a Saturday. If you can join us live to support them coming out and sharing their story about how, you know, Darren overcame homosexuality and how his wife, 
actually walked with him through actually him falling to it when they were married and they work through it, you know, and God's been doing some really big healing in their marriage. Um, then, you know, I really want you to support them for a couple of reasons. Number one, coming out of homosexuality is difficult. Number two, he's done it very boldly and his wife has actually modeled being a Christian woman. And I have to tell you that a lot of people um, don't want to hear this message and the liberal media sure as heck is not going to let you hear the message, just so you know. So, um, yeah, so just make that, a, you know, just make that as a priority. I'm not trying to get like massive ratings or anything, but, <laughs> but it would be nice. You know, they're taking their time to be very vulnerable and share their testimony. So August 31st, if you put that on your calendar, uh, that would be good. So, uh, so there you have it. So thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, those of you who asked inappropriate questions during the show, I saw them just so you know, I didn't answer them on purpose, but I did answer them without answering them. If you know what I mean. So there you have it, people. So remember, have a good night. Be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. <laughs>